0: May is Fibromyalgia Awareness Month. It's important to raise awareness about this chronic and often debilitating invisible illness known as fibromyalgia. This month-long campaign is an opportunity to educate people about the symptoms, causes, and treatments of fibromyalgia, as well as to show support for those living with these and other related invisible illnesses. Through increased awareness, we can work towards better understanding and management of fibromyalgia, and ultimately improve the quality of life for those who are affected by it. And now on to this week's episode. What is different about sleep in those with fibromyalgia? If you are like many with fibromyalgia, you may wonder, why don't I sleep well? Why am I exhausted after sleeping for seven to nine hours? Why do I get sore from sleeping? Why is sleeping painful? I'll get some awful pain to subside. I drift off into bliss eventually. But then when I wake up from sleep, I'm wincing from horrible pain before my eyes are even open. How am I in more pain than when I went to sleep? For those of you who are meeting me for the first time, my name is Dr. Michael Lenz. I am a pediatrician, an internal medicine doctor, which is a doctor for adults, as well as a lifestyle medicine physician. I have been a doctor for over 26 years. I try to blend the best of lifestyle medicine and medical management using an evidence-based approach. Fibromyalgia is complex and for too long has been ignored as a real problem deserving of honest answers and practical solutions for real people struggling with pain, exhaustive fatigue, and debilitating brain fog. I am passionate about those struggling with this often invisible and frustrating condition. Living with fibromyalgia can feel like you are blindfolded, bound and tortured by an unknown assailant for unknown reasons without any hopeful recourse for relief. The book and this podcast aim to help remove the blindfold and gain a greater understanding and perspective for those with fibromyalgia and related problems. It is also for their loved ones, doctors, and healthcare providers to better understand and offer better, more informed care. Today, we continue to look at sleep and fibromyalgia, including what sleep looks like in sleep studies of those with fibromyalgia and how fibromyalgia can be artificially turned on through experimental sleep interventions. If you are like many with fibromyalgia, you may wonder, why don't I sleep well? How do I get a night of restful, restorative sleep? Before we begin, just a quick reminder that this podcast and the book are for educational purposes only. All your signs, symptoms, and medical care should be discussed with your own physician. Consider this important question, which comes first, pain or sleep problem? Sleep and fibromyalgia are obviously related, but which comes first, pain or sleep problem, is an important question. Studies have shown sleep problems precede pain. There are multiple ways sleep and fibromyalgia are connected. Poor sleep, though, has been shown to cause the fibromyalgia symptoms. Studies have shown that a few nights of disrupted sleep or even one night of sleep deprivation will cause heightened pain sensitivity the next day. Longitudinal cohort studies where they looked at those with fibromyalgia, chronic pain, and sleep problems over a long period doing basic Subjective assessments of sleep and pain support a relationship between sleep disturbance and pain report. Good sleep means less pain and those with less pain and fatigue report good sleep. Studies have convincingly demonstrated that insomnia symptoms significantly increase the risk of developing future chronic pain disorders in previously pain-free individuals. Existing pain, however, is not a strong predictor of insomnia. Sleep disturbance is a stronger predictor of future pain than the pain of sleep disturbance. And sleep problems precede fibromyalgia symptoms. Just had a patient recently who had a history of sleep problems. We talked about Last week, restless leg syndrome, he had growing pains as a kid. It wasn't until later going into early high school that when there was an injury, the pain then developed into diffuse body pain and the diagnosis of fibromyalgia was made. Unfortunately, this was not until he had been suffering for about three years. What is different about sleep in those with fibromyalgia? Unrefreshing sleep occurs in about 70 to 90% of those with fibro. When monitored in a sleep lab, what does sleep look like in those with fibromyalgia? The complaints of sleep disturbances correlate with polysomnographic features showing clear abnormalities in sleep continuity and architecture. Sleep recording abnormalities have been shown by reduced sleep efficiency with increased awakenings, a reduced amount of slow-wave sleep, and abnormal alpha-wave intrusion in non-rapid eye movement sleep, termed alpha-delta sleep. These findings also were confirmed by something called spectral analysis of sleep, which showed an increased EEG power density in the higher frequency band and a reduced EEG power density in the lower frequency bands. Other sleep abnormalities included a high frequency of arousals and a alpha-K complex, indicators of fragmented sleep. The fibromyalgia symptoms relate to non-restorative sleep associated with alpha-EEG abnormalities. However, this abnormal Alpha EEG sleep is not specific for fibromyalgia and has been observed in normal controls during stage 4 sleep deprivation. We will take a deeper dive into this in a little bit. A deeper dive into these alpha sleep patterns has shown non-REM sleep with three distinct patterns of alpha sleep activity. The first is phasic alpha where there are alpha waves simultaneous with delta wave activity and occurs in about 50% of patients. Tonic alpha, which is continuous through non-REM sleep, occurs in 20% of patients and low activity in the alpha range in the remaining 30% of patients. The low alpha activity was also observed by 84% of control subjects. All fibromyalgia patients who displayed the phasic alpha sleep that's the alpha sleep with the delta waves, reported worsening pain after sleep. Did you hear that? Everybody who had the phasic alpha-delta sleep reported worsening pain after sleep. This compared with 50% of the patients with low alpha activity who reported pain and 25% with the tonic alpha activity who reported pain post-sleep Increase in the number of tender points occurred in 90% of patients with the phasic alpha activity. And tender points are areas where if you apply pressure, report pain out of proportion to the amount of pain that a normal person would feel. 42% of patients with the low alpha activity reported increased tender points and 25% with the tonic alpha activity increased and 25% with tonic alpha activity showed increased tender points. All patients with phasic alpha activity had reported self-ratings of poor sleep. 58% of patients with low alpha activity and 12.5% of those with tonic alpha activity reported poor sleep. Patients with phasic alpha activity reported a longer duration of pain than patients in other subgroups. Additionally, patients with phasic alpha sleep activity exhibited less total sleep time, lower sleep efficiency, and less slow-wave sleep than patients with tonic alpha sleep pattern. To summarize, people with fibromyalgia are more likely to have a central nervous system with basic alpha sleep consisting of alpha sleep with these delta waves. It is like having a different software operating system making refreshing sleep less likely. This operating system leads to more daytime fatigue and more pain. There is some hope, though, The brain and central nervous system are plastic, Meaning they can be modulated. Imagine a very intricately designed amplifier with many inputs and outputs that can turn the volume up and down on the sensitivity in the alarm system. Can you take people who do not have fibromyalgia and induce fibromyalgia symptoms? Well, two studies showed that. The first was on college students in the 1970s, and a second, was later repeated in the 1990s in middle-aged women. They did show that fibromyalgia symptoms could be turned on and then off within a few nights. The healthy volunteers were monitored in a sleep lab for six nights, with intervention the first three nights and none the second three. When they were about to hit deep non-REM stage 4 sleep, a startling noise was played, awaking them briefly, but unconsciously. The interruptions repeatedly kept them out of the non-REM deep sleep throughout the night. Why is that important? What is non-REM sleep and what is its purpose? It's short-wave sleep characterized by low-frequency and high-amplitude delta-wave patterns. It's where most of your restorative or restful sleep occurs. Brainwave activity and blood pressure are lowered. Muscles relax, and your body can recover and repair. Non-REM sleep can help us physically heal, recover from illness, deal with stress and solve problems. Non-REM sleep also plays a role in memory consolidation and can help boost the immune system. So the short of it is that it's essential. It does so many important things. When we look at just the one Memory consolidation, many people with fibromyalgia report brain fog, and having memory problems is one part of that. What symptoms developed in the subjects in these studies who had deprivation of non-rem sleep? The subjects observed aching or stiffness in the shoulders, lower limbs, neck, and upper back. This should sound familiar to you if you have fibromyalgia or if you have a loved one with fibromyalgia or if you care for people who have fibromyalgia. All described overwhelming physical tiredness, heaviness, or sluggish to the point of experiencing difficulty waking or even standing up. Some related loss of appetite and transient nausea and diarrhea. During the recovery period, the regional symptoms tended to subside or disappear. This difficulty with standing, walking, lightheadedness that may occur is likely familiar to those listeners of the podcast who have been diagnosed with POTS syndrome. Many people feel that POTS syndrome really falls under the umbrella of fibromyalgia and related problems due to the major overlap of symptoms. After the three nights of intervention, those subjects in the study had their tiredness disappear, and they felt hungry again. All subjects exhibited bursts of an alpha-like rhythm intermingled with the delta frequency in response to noise stimuli during the stage 4 sleep deprivation. These sleep rhythms are similar to the alpha frequency during the non-sleep found in fibromyalgia patients as we The authors of the study feel that abnormal sleep patterns may reflect a hypervigilant arousal state. I think a huge part of fibromyalgia is that hyperarousal of the central nervous system, that autonomic nervous system as well, where normal stimuli is interpreted out of proportion to actual physical damage, if any, that is going on with the body. How can you buffer the effects of noise-disrupted sleep? Interestingly, those studied had led sedentary lives. Well, what happened if you had a study where you had people who were more physically active? That was done in a pilot study with people who were physically fit and accustomed to running 2 to 7 miles a day. And what did they find? Those who were more physically active every day did not develop pain symptoms after the stage 4 sleep deprivation. Changes in Delore meter scores did not worsen while undergoing the stage 4 sleep deprivation experiments and those who exercise at moderate to high activity levels. For those of you who don't know what a Delore meter is, it's an instrument used in research to study Delorimetry has been defined as the measurement of pain sensitivity or pain intensity. One of the categories of medications to treat fibromyalgia includes gabapentinoids. Gabapentin enhances slow-wave sleep. It also improves sleep quality by elevating sleep efficiency and decreasing spontaneous arousal. The results suggest that the gabapentinoids may be beneficial in Treating fibromyalgia. Maimonides, a physician in Spain from the 12th century, observed the potential for musculoskeletal symptoms in sedentary persons. He said, if one leads a sedentary life and does not take exercise, neglects the calls of nature, or is constipated, even if he eats wholesome food and takes care of himself in accordance with medical rules, he will throughout his life be subject to aches and pains and his strength will fail him. One of the ways exercise has an impact is through modulation of the volume control of the central nervous system involved in pain amplification. Consistent regular exercise turns down this pain sensitivity. It also appears to improve sleep and tolerance of sleep disruption. For those of you who are listening, your fibromyalgia may be at such a severe level you may only be getting 500 steps a day. It's just enough to do activities of daily living is exhausting. And it may seem unrealistic to increase your exercise to very high levels. As I talk about in the book, pacing yourself and having a goal of gradually increasing your steps over time, maybe Each week, increase your steps by 10%. So if you're getting 500 this week, every day, then next week, go for 550 steps. Teresa, a patient of mine who I interviewed on some early podcast episodes, was able to put her fibromyalgia into recovery. And when she started, she was only getting 500 steps. She could barely walk down the hallway into my exam room. So if you haven't had a chance to hear her recovery story, I highly encourage you to do that. Listen to all four parts as she shares her story. If you feel that gabapentinoids may be helpful and you have not been using them, make sure you bring that up with your doctor at your next visit. Also, some important notes about the gabapentinoids are that if you are already on a benzodiazepine, Or if you are on a opioid medication, these can cause some significant decrease in arousal and actually cause respiratory suppression. And there is a real but very rare and small risk of actually death if you're taking these in combination with benzodiazepines and with opioids, So, especially if these are at high doses. So make sure that if you are on those, you have to be very vigilant, about talking about these medications with your own individual physician. So what have you learned today? Well, I hope some key take-home points is that there are clear differences in sleep in those who have fibromyalgia. So what have you learned today? Well, I hope some key take-home points are that there are clear differences In sleep, in those who have fibromyalgia. Now, you may have a very good question that goes to a deeper level. Well, why, if I have fibromyalgia, do I have this alpha-delta sleep? Why do we have these sleep disruptions? The reasons are not completely understood. However, several studies have found abnormal brain metabolism of substances such as serotonin and dopamine pain, poor sleep quality, and anxiety may contribute to the clinical picture. Several factors such as psychological, environmental, genetics, altered serotonin and dopamine levels, altered sleep physiology are all involved in the pathogenesis of fibromyalgia. We will talk more about ADHD and anxiety and how they have an impact on sleep. Stay tuned for that in the upcoming weeks I really appreciate that you have taken time to listen to the podcast today you may be doing the laundry going for a walk traveling to work or school and I really appreciate any feedback you have for me I'd love to hear from you you can email me at drmichaellenz at gmail.com also One of the biggest compliments you can give is by rating, leaving a five-star review, and sharing with others. Also, please hit the like or follow button. That way, more people who are struggling with fibromyalgia, as well as family and loved ones, as well as doctors, can grow in their understanding of fibromyalgia and related problems. Until next week, go Team Fibro.